Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we were joined by Liam Braisdale. He is the manager of St Martin's uh, football yes. team in Shropshire. They're having a bit of a tough time. His first game oh, yeah, it's hard. didn't get the new manager uplift he was hoping, as he'll explain. Uh, we entered the world of sumo, didn't we? Yeah. Steve Pateman has, uh, is, has made it uh, <clears throat> Derby the hub of sumo in this country. He'll tell us more about that. We should Kev- have suggested Moose for the yeah, he'd training good, he's got He'd be perfect. I don't, perfect. Know, I don't know. I'm not sure he would be, actually. <laughs> Um, Kevin Day joins us as well. He was uh, he was on good form, the comedian and Palace fan, feeling mm. very upbeat after today. yesterday's um, victory in the FA Cup. And we had a bit of a chat. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, Paul. And yesterday had to be the biggest TV football day ever, I've decided. Ever? Well, 12.30. It started that at 12.30. includes 30. World Cups, does it? I think so. Palace-Everton. Yeah. Then you could watch the first half Leicester-Brentford, then City-Southampton, Spurs-West Ham, Forest-Liverpool, Real Madrid-Barca, River versus Boca, if you've got the right app, and <laughs> don't forget the Rome derby. So I want to know if anybody took in all of those or most of those. Yeah, go on then. Did you go in for a proper marathon? Um, do let us know. Uh, that, I mean, that's that is probably the most football in one day you could you could uh, watch. It, it was a lot. Yeah, I dipped in and out. I was at the game, so I did dip in and out around those yeah, matches. Good win of for course, Spurs. listen to a lot of our fine output as well. I, I listened to a lot of the station. I was in in the car around the Tottenham game, and our our team did us all proud. Very good work. Yep, and uh, I see that uh, it was interesting yesterday at Spurs. The Spurs fans booing Kurt Zuma. Yeah. I thought meowing him would have been better. Oh, no, it was interesting. I, loud meows would have been quite <laughs> impactful, better. wouldn't it? You know. there, were, there were these they had orange cats. I mean, I suppose they were meant to be ginger toms, but <laughs> people had inflatable orange cats <laughs> really? that they waved. That's ridiculous. They waved at Kurt Zuma. He was good enough, to, I think, to get maybe a touch on Kane's goal. Sorry, on Sonny's first goal and also oh, to yeah, yeah. score the first one for us. It was, but, really, yeah. yeah. We caught West Ham on a good day. We have to be honest. They were, I think they were a bit emotionally mm. Shot and they never really got going, and it was a bit daft that we even let him into the game. It's for funny five football minutes. because Kane had a chance after about it must have been at least thirty passes. Spurs yeah. really kept the ball well, and he missed. And then they go and score with a really old-fashioned route one. That's right. Just an, it was like right and bright, wasn't Charles it? Charles Hughes would have loved it. Dave Bassett would have been back on yeah. the basis. Big lump from the keeper. <laughs> Flick on. Flick it. on from Brighty. Finished off by Wrighty. He really is in the form of his life, though, isn't he? Kane. He's playing really. He's well. playing well. Yeah. 
yeah, he's a number 10 and a number 9. I see uh, Frank Lampard's uh, coaching at set place has really improved. Marvellous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unlucky in that, that well, uh, game. T- well, we'll talk to Kevin about Sorry. it later yeah. on because you you wouldn't have believed. If you're just going to, you know, mm. watch the first 15 minutes of that match and then gone out and then looked at the score at the end of the game, 4-0. Palace didn't have a touch for 20 minutes. I mean, it did turn, sadly, on Andros Townsend's uh, injury, didn't it? A little five minutes break in play. Mm. Uh, meant they lost their way a bit, Everton, and that was the end of that. But Palace scored some great goals, didn't they? Yeah, the yeah they're, they're playing excellent. well, they yeah. are. It's, it's good. Well, Kevin Day's going to join us because it is Chelsea Palace, of course, so he's popping in to see us this afternoon. Um, yeah, Borough Chelsea was pretty routine, really, for it Chelsea. Was, yeah. They played well. Uh, Joe Lumley in goal for a Borough, and Joe Lummox up front for Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh. He, he played pretty score. He got no, the he end played, of it. I thought he played better than the BBC. I mean, it, it did show. I thought he played all right. It did show look I mean Tottenham was they like to say were not in a good moment at that time or were they I don't know because they were winning or losing but I mean we went to Borough and just like we played in quicksand you go there and you swat them aside like flies you know it's yeah. like I mean I, I watched five minutes of the second half and knew there was no way back the game was all over and you almost knew there were going to be no more goals which leads us on to one of the things we mm. want to get you going on today have you been to a game where something happened very early on especially if you're on the receiving end and then nothing else happened. Uh, and um, right up there with that is a game that was played this weekend, Northampton Town versus Bristol Rovers. Yes. Um, it was described generally as a tight, scrappy encounter. Marvellous. But the goal, the Bristol Rovers goal, was scored in 38 seconds. <laughs> and nothing else happened so the So after the game. 38 seconds, the Northampton Town fans, they're thinking... I still early, we'll be all right. The Bristol Rovers fans think, you know, it's too early, we'll never cling on. And it finishes 1 0. After th- you've watched the goal after, th- you might as well have gone home after 38 <laughs> <laughs> seconds. There might have been more to the game than you were. A tight, there. scrappy affair. <laughs> but if you've been to something, whether it's sporting or not, you get, and it yeah. all happens in the first couple, well, you know, that's, yes. Uh, and then nothing else happens. Uh, tell us if you've encountered games like that. I remember one game, so I've always said the worst game of football I've ever seen at top level um, Everton versus QPR. Uh, Roy Wegley had a shot at the post after about a minute. Uh, Mark Ward hit an air shot, mm. fell on his backside. That was it. Nothing else happened for 90 minutes at Goodison. So if you've got towers along those lines, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. But those dodgy cups again. Nice. That's what they wanted to take the skin off your hand. Yeah, You'll they, be all right. They, well, they never cool down. You don't drop them on yourself. Okay, fair and enough. And it makes we, the tea taste of the cup. Well, you, can share yeah, that with great. The, you can share that with the listeners if you like. Yeah, I'm sure thanks. they really do feel for you. They do, actually, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to discuss? I thought Jones uh, Barrow was really good. He looks like he could play at Premier League level. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good game. I just wondered whether you attempted to switch to the live badminton on the red button. Yeah, well, I tell you what, a two 0 I might as well have done. Really, as I think, I think I put the Chase Celebrity Special on instead. There was more jeopardy in it than there was Chelsea Bar, unfortunately. For it's a bit of Southampton City. It's funny, isn't it, with defenders? You know, Southampton were right in that game. Yeah. And Salasu makes such oh, a, it's a dumb challenge. challenge. What's the point, mate? I know. Amazing. So, and that was it after that. But yeah, yeah there, there was a couple of games like that. Big turning points. Yeah, we're going to talk about the cricket. I mean, honestly, the pitches in these games. It was just such a, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, even if Root had declared earlier, I don't think it would have made much difference, you know. Brathwaite, he just, it was, it was there for, but, you know, if one slip catch in three innings, all right, there were a couple in the fourth innings, but it's such a condemnation of the pitch, really, yeah. that, you know, mm. I just don't see the point, and especially West Indies, got a really good attack, surely it would favour them. 
to have a f- quick pitch, but there you go. Uh, some of the listeners have opened it out, Andy. There wasn't just a day of football. Some of mm. them factored in other sports because you forget that we had F1, we had cricket, mm. we, had, we had other sports as well. Well, Speedway. 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 the first corner, that's it. Um, well, um, Tim said, I got through most of the games then foolishly opted to watch two teams try to play cricket on a road. That's very yeah, true, Tim. that's true. I had a stinking hangover yesterday, says Matt in Oxford. Miraculously, my wife and kids were out for the day, so I took in most of the footy interspersed with the second test and the Grand Prix. Oh, well done. All whilst horizontal on the sofa. <laughs> Heaven, Brilliant. says Matt. So well, well done. done. So it was a feast of sport that's for good. you. Well done. If you want to tell us how it all unfolded through your eyes, talksport.com, text 81089. Tweet TSHNJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, uh, sumo is a sport, Andy, we occasionally touch on mm. on this show. And we've often gone to Japan to uh, to chat about it uh, on this yeah, show. And we speak used to, to speak to, to Sid Hall. We did, sumo. Oh, Mr. Sumo. Good mm. old Sid, that's right. And over the years, we've, we've headed off to Japan to speak to people when there's been big stories from the world of sumo. But we needn't do that. We, get, we can save on the phone bill. Uh, Derby is where we're headed <laughs> for now. Home. Because Derby has become the, the home of uh, UK sumo. And they hope maybe to unearth... Uh, a, a young star to go over to Japan and uh, basically perform and, uh, and get involved over there. But in the meantime, uh, there is a world championship. There is a UK championship. There's lots of fighters over here. And uh, we're going to speak now to one of the men behind the resurgence. Uh, Steve Paintman was a fighter himself. He now coaches as well. President of British Sumo. That's right. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, it's as I said, it's a sport we have we often because it always throws up some interesting stories because it's so much more than a sport because of all the traditions and we'll come on to those a little bit later on. But what was your route into it? I started, funnily enough, um, with boxing, then moved on to weightlifting and judo, 
And then you mentioned Sid Hoare. Mm. Well, he ran a competition many years ago to select a team for the World Championships. And I won that competition. Wow. And so I've been representing, well, I don't fight anymore, but um, I've represented Great Britain in World Championships on many occasions. And one year I won the bronze medal. And in my time, I have also defeated the world champion who was in excess of 50 stone. Can you believe it? Wow. That's, that takes him to it. Your you're, leverage you're, needed there. Yeah. <laughs> the diet, your diet back in the day, Steve, to, you know, to be at the top of the sport, 20,000 calories a day, I was reading in the Sunday Times, six grams like of eggs for breakfast, <laughs> eight pints of full-fat milk, yeah. multiple jacket potatoes loaded with tuna, cheese and everything. You've cut back on that, I take it now. Yes, well, I... I did used to have eight pints of milk a day, but these days, um, two litres last me a whole week. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually extremely healthy. Even though I was over 20 stone, I could always do like 10 to 15 chin-ups and pull-ups, for example. Mm. So I was always fit. I was always strong. And I wasn't too bad of um, you know, a runner. So, yes, I was fit and healthy. But, um, yes, I was over 20 stone. Yeah. There have been some fascinating documentaries about sumo. I mean, concentrating on the sort of food they eat and also the fact that in Japan, a lot of the best fighters now are foreign, which has caused a lot of problems. Mongolians, Hawaiians, of course, uh, Steve. Yes, well, uh, Mongolia, Mm. uh, they had their own traditional wrestling, very, very similar to sumo, and the Mongolians are extremely powerful men in their own right. Uh, they look as if they're carved out of rock. And the current Yokozuna, um, Tsuna Fuji, he is, of course, a Mongolian. And the two previous Yokozuna who have retired, they were also Mongolian. I think there's only been one Japanese um, Yokozuna in the last sort of five, six years. But uh, Mongolians are very strong. Russians are very powerful. The Ukrainians are very powerful. Eastern Europeans, uh, you know, are strong guys. They've got a history of all types of wrestling. Yeah. And the Scandinavians, of course. Yes, it's no longer dominated by the Japanese. Well, it's a great tradition of wrestling in the States. I'm surprised maybe there aren't more coming from that background. I mean, in this country, you mentioned sort of judo. I imagine rugby is another uh, route in. I mean, the guys who come to your club in Derby, what, what generally are the sports that they've come from? They come from all walks of life. And all different sports. The beauty of sumo is it's so easy to learn. No complicated rules. Hmm. You haven't had... You know, I beat, I can remember many years ago, the um, world silver medalist judo um, champion came to enter the British Championships. I beat him. So you haven't got to be a great judo player to be good at sumo. You can come from any background. Rugby, what a fantastic background for sumo. Hmm. American football even shot-putting, weightlifting. Anybody can be good at sumo. That's the beauty of it. There's no complicated rules. Yeah. You can learn to be a good, well, fairly useful sumo wrestler, providing you've got a good sporting background, mm. within, you know, a few hours. The basics are very, very simple. Yeah, yeah. How much of it is technique and how much of it is strength, or is it a sort of combo of the two? Well, it's a combination, but um, I was um, quite skillful with some of the throws. I mean, the greatest... Um, Yokozuna of all time was a, uh, a wrestler called Chino Fuji, the wolf mm. that you may remember from years ago. Yeah, from Channel 4. And yeah. his favourite technique was a outer arm throw, Uwate Nagi. So 
There are plenty of throws. There's lots of skill. There's even skill when you lift someone up. There's skill when you push them out. Mm. But fundamentally, you've got to have um, determination and a good brain. It's a mental battle more than anything else. Uh, and finally, Steve, as we said, it would be great to find if you could unearth a young rookie, you could maybe go off to Japan. But there's so much, as we said, there's so much more to it. The culture in Japan is if you start off as a rookie sumo wrestler, it's a bit like the old football apprenticeships of the 60s and 70s. You're, you're not just cleaning the boots, you're cleaning their rooms, you're cleaning the floors. You, it's, you start at the very bottom, don't you? So culturally, it'd be a bit well, of a shock to a young yeah. Brit. Well, back in the late 80s, we did have one young 17-year-old Nathan who went off to Japan to become a professional sumo wrestler. And he did last about a year, but it's so strict back then, you know, um, a very, very, very tough environment. It reminds me of the old public schools and the mm. hierarchy there, you know. Yeah. It's a lot, lot worse than being an old football apprentice. Um, it's, it's tough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, go and check out Steve's gym in Derby if you'd like to try your hand at uh, mm. sumo. It's a sport that um, women are doing in this country as well. I was reading about Jackie Bates, world uh, silver medalist back in the day, uh, and there's, so there's lots of women doing the sport. Steve, we've run out of time, but good to talk to you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We'll do our best to touch on every game played at the weekend uh, in the company now of comedian and Palace fan... Uh, it is Kevin Day. Good to see you, Kev. Hello there. I'm, I must say I'm very impressed with the improvement in your arrangements since I was last here because uh, Leah, the young lady who was sent down to collect me, is uh, it turns out Sean Derry's niece. What about that? Yeah, so okay. we had quite the chat. Playing well with the Palace fans, that one. Yeah, fans. it's good. That's, 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 we didn't know that. You told me we worked with Leah. Tommy had no idea. It doesn't really mean anything to you two, does it? <laughs> no, it's <for> me. <laughs> genuinely excited that she's Sean Derry's niece was meeting me in a lift. So, uh, it was a strange game, wasn't it? We were talking about this earlier on. For 15 or so, 20 minutes, it was all Everton. Palace couldn't get going, and then um, and then they did, and it was one-way traffic. Well, it... It was all Everton, but I have to say they generated, is this the right phrase, more more heat than light. Mm. They didn't actually have a shot on target. No. Um, what's interesting is that last year, the year before, we'd have been sitting there or standing there. We weren't sitting for the entire 90 minutes, uh, despite the stewards' attempts to make 26,000 mm. people sit down. Uh, but we would have been sitting there thinking, we're in trouble here. Mm. They're a good team. We've we got to find a way back. Yesterday, we're just sitting there thinking, I wonder how he's going to get out of this, because we knew he would. And basically what happened was poor Andros got injured and while that was happening, the players were taking water. Clearly, Vieira told him to go long ball for five minutes so we could get a foothold in their half. And as soon as as soon as soon we scored, that game was over. Yeah. And I'd, I'd set plays then. Oh, first game. First game. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I, I have to say, I, I disapprove of Frank Lampard's Colourful language. Hmm. There's no need for that sort of language. <laughs> don't hear you two using that sort of language when, oh, you're, no. when, you're, when you're doing your post show. He did say excuse. He did say excuse he, my he language. He did, but I, he says it's nothing to do with tactics. It's a little bit to do with tactics because there aren't really any discernible tactics there, especially hmm. second half. But he's absolutely right to put that when that second goal went in. You could see the body language of some of their players. Yeah, it was the same against us in the league. That's the worry, isn't it? Their their only hope is at home, like they've showed against Newcastle and they showed against City. They're better at home. It's a mystery how poor they are away from home. Well, I I tell you what is worrying for them is that when we beat them at Sellers when Rafa was still their manager, and they were by common consent the worst away team we'd seen. They weren't much better yesterday in the second Mm. half. And it's interesting because obviously what you do as a grown man. 
you stay in the pub for four hours afterwards, you go home with a, with a curry and you watch the whole game again. Yeah. Which yeah. I can't tell you how delighted Mrs. Day was to take part in that so process. So you all enjoy the final, the semi-final. You can wave to me. I'll be sitting at home yeah. with all the other Chelsea fans. Well, let me tell you, before we get on to that, the uh, shameful way that Chelsea fans are being treated, Andy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Clive Tilsley was absolutely right. As Clive Tilsley said, every, every pass Everton make they don't know what pass is coming to next. Mm. It's like everything's done in isolation. And Ali McCoy's, by the way, why isn't he getting awards for I think co-commentator? He's fantastic. Everybody yeah. thinks that. Yeah, they're good. right. He is the yeah. best co-commentator, I think. Um, what should we... So, yeah, should we have a look at the... Wait, should we t- I mean, Eric Sartre, are you about going back to Wembley again? Well, I think it's... Are you a fan of the Wembley no. semi-final in isolation? No. I, I, no. I, I didn't I think really you would be. No, I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. There isn't one uh, person who's a fan no. of it. The only time I've liked it is when we've got into the semi-final. <laughs> other, other years, it's terrible. And the, the, the thing is, we know, for us to win the FA Cup, we've got to beat two out of three of the best teams in Europe, mm. which is probably not going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. I was going to be really nice about Chelsea fans. No, no, I'm not saying Chelsea will win. I'm not yeah. saying that because, you know, there's all sorts of manner. They may not have any fans there and all that. But I think City and Liverpool, it's going to be hard for either. It looks to me as if the winner of the Cup is going to come from that semi-final. I, I think they'll have to find a way around not having Chelsea fans there. Just from a security point of view, they can't. They can't have an empty end. The FA can't have an empty end. Why not? Because it's just a signal it sends around. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, I agree. But you know, it, it seems to be beyond the wit and wisdom of people to say, "Okay, Chelsea can sell tickets, and the money's going into a fund for Ukrainian refugees." Is that not possible to achieve? I don't I, get it. Well, it it must be because that's the reason they're using for selling the club. Mm. If apparently the government mm. are saying we, can, whoever wants to buy the club, can now buy it whoever they're buying it from, and the government saying the money will go into escrow, I can't see what they can't do with that with tickets for, for Chelsea fans. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. And the, and the worry is, of course, that Chelsea fans will then try and get seats through some way through through Palace. Yeah. Or you can't put them on general sale. And you'll have no Chelsea segregation and there yeah, could be so issues. I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there needs to be Chelsea fans there. Cool. I, it, it's not... Well, it is quite clearly beyond the wit and wisdom of some of the people in this yeah. government for that to happen. But, yeah, but I... I I can't. It's a tangible reward for for Patrick Vieira this mm. season, because finishing eleventh or twelfth, which we'll do, would have been it, it will be nice, but it'd be great. So we can actually say we've been singing that super Pat Vieira yeah. song, which I can't get out of my head. Mm. We've been singing that all season. It turns out we are going to Wembley, so that's something to look back on. And it, and it takes a little bit of the pressure off. It's, there's nothing. It's only happened once. There's nothing worse than going to a semi final you think you can win. Mm. It's much better. It's much more fun going to a game that you think, we're not. if we win this, that'll be a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the two right. games this season were interesting. The first game we were was shocking. before Vieira had really yeah. got his imprint, mm. and that was difficult. Second game, very close match. Could have gone we, either yeah, way. Bizarre, missed a couple of chances. You, you'd, like, well. you'd like Conor Gallagher to play as a Chelsea fan. You think you'd like him to play for... I'm sure you'd like him to play, Kevin. But, I mean, it's interesting. You think he's got more chance of staying as a Chelsea player if they play well, I think for lots of reasons. I think, number one, it'd be great for his experience. Yeah. I think number two, it would look good, and Chelsea need all the publicity, good publicity. So they give the special dispensation to let yeah. him play for Palace. And, yeah. you know, from his point of view, he'll have played in a semi final at Wembley. It's good for his experience. And he's also going to look, you know, think, well, Chelsea might be where my future lies. Well, his future definitely lies at Chelsea. He loves Chelsea. He makes no mm. secret of the fact that he's a, he's a Chelsea player, mm. and the, he probably wouldn't welcome a bid from Palace because it would give him a difficult decision to make. He wants to be at Chelsea. The problem is, if this situation is still going on and Chelsea aren't bought, will Chelsea want him back on the wage bill? That's the... Will Chelsea exist? Well, that's... I I can't see any situation. There is... I don't think there's any point... 
underestimating this. There is a difficult, there is a danger to Chelsea Football Club. I can't see any situation by which that will happen. But they've only got enough money for mm. a basically month, a month between, and wages. between the government and the other clubs. If they want to kill it, they can kill it. It's in no one's interest. It's in the interest of the other clubs. It's not the Premier League's interest. And also, 800 staff will be made redundant as well. That's not a good look. 150 million a year in tax rate. That's not a good look. And and it's in no one's interest for that to happen. We should touch on the other semi-final where the the problem is uh, no trains to and from Euston from the Friday to the Monday. It's brilliant, I mean, there's two things you could do. You could play at Old Trafford, but that's never going to happen because they won't move it to the northwest. So who schedules... Engineering work for a whole weekend. I mean, the idea that no team in the northwest—they are quite good at football teams in the northwest. It was a pretty good chance they were going to get to Wembley at that weekend. I can't remember what, we, what weekend it was. It might have been when we were playing Chelsea at Sellers, but we were playing a London team at Sellers, and there were no trains all weekend from mm. Victoria to Sellers. Like someone's not talking to someone. It's like either someone at Wembley should should think to themselves, "I wonder if there's any train problems going on." <laughs> Or somebody uh, who runs whoever yeah, runs a train you know, should go. If you get a nice car Wembley. that takes you to the stadium, you're not really bothered about the fans and then whether they're on a train or not. No, well, that's very true. Borrow, maybe, maybe borrow the people carrier that Chelsea be using for. <laughs> we'll for look the, for back. We'll look something. back on some of the other games this weekend. <laughs> Kevin Day with us in the studio. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, Andy. Anything you want to share with the class? Yeah, well, you mentioned it, actually. The photo of Boris Johnson running on the beach. I've got this theory that basically the photographer's lined up. Boris comes out of the hotel. He's got his kit on. He runs five yards. Bloke takes his photo and then he goes back. I think that's probably right. I mean, it it was hard. (laughs) I thought it was was, uh, Monsters, Inc. 3 they were making. It's a very very odd shape when he doesn't normally look that shape when he's um, (laughs) running down the street. It just seemed to be the angle uh, he was... Mm. uh, he was coming from, yeah. Tony Cascarino in his column today, he thinks it's disappointing that City, Liverpool and Chelsea have made the semi-final, but I mean, what would you expect? Yeah. It's kind of, they are the top three teams, you know. And yeah, that's like, right. So, it's likely to happen, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, we yeah. find that in a lot of the well, cup there competitions. There was a lot of, there, were, there have been, it's been a good cup competition, but you can't expect the shocks to go all the way and, up to And they've the got semi-final. the squads to allow them to, to change it up and still win. Especially that's, with that's five subs as well. Makes it, yeah, yeah, as we saw with Liverpool, have made a yeah. few changes. We did ask you off the back of the Northampton-Bristol Rovers game, which was a 1-0 to Bristol Rovers. Mm. Uh, goal after 38 seconds and then nothing happened you've had a few good ones like that uh, travelled to Stamford to watch Sporting United on Saturday we were still in the bar when Stamford scored after 18 seconds for a scuffed shot from the edge of the area that hit a divot and bounced two foot over our keeper Class. finish one nil and ruin my birthday oh. says Dan oh dear me uh, quite a few of these Aston Villa Bolton 2005 two all after 10 minutes can't remember anything else happening I was also 10 minutes late as I couldn't park <laughs> says <laughs> Christian uh, that was a nice one um, another one as well from I once went to a pre-season friendly between our two uh, rivals Fulham and QPI I arrived 10 minutes late by which time it was 2-1 after a quick Roy Wegley mm. brace. Nothing happened at all for the last 80 minutes except a fan falling over with three pies in his hand. Well, it was worth going for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Says uh, Ben, the Chelsea fan in Liverpool. So thank you for all of those. Um, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ if you have any more.
Fried chicken meals are set to double in price because of a shortage of grain and cooking oil. Right. Fans have also been warned. <laughs> fans? I love this. this. is what I love. Who's a fan of fried chicken? Well, I've got chicken? a half and half scarf. I've got fried chicken and burgers. I get this. This is the half and half scarf. Yeah, real, you're going to be a fan of one or the I've other. I've got my half you? and half scarf. KFC and chicken cottage. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. Andy, I saw, I saw a nice, one of these little tabloid things you always get. The Swansea boss, Russell Martin, backed his players to silence the boo boys. <laughs> uh, who are the boo boys? I mean, they sort of get themselves in one particular section. And, you know, I just wonder if the manager at the end of the game says, oh, that'll go some way to silencing the boo boys. You know who you are. <laughs> you boo boys. In, let's, have, let's put all the boo boys in one section so they can, they can boo. Is there jump racing at Southern this afternoon? We we were actually hoping to do a show from there. We've yeah. been great. <laughs> <laughs> Producer was going to have a bet. He was yeah, he's, he's got a bit addicted, hasn't he? Yeah, after really, last yeah. week, yeah. Please gamble responsibly. You've not got on. You didn't get on Southall, have you? Andy? No, I haven't. No, okay. I think I I didn't didn't bet on anything all weekend. Well, well done to you. I've had enough. What a great achievement. <laughs> it was. Um, anything? Oh, so I've got news. Oh, Did yeah. you know you James Ward Prowse? Yes. He has a skill. He has an ability, which we didn't know about. We what learned this from Stuart Armstrong this weekend. Um, he is a, a fine impressionist, a mimic, if you will. Really? Who does yeah. he do? Well, Stuart Armstrong was a bit um, sort of non-committal on that, although he did point out when someone said, does he do the gaffer, Ralph Hootley said no comment, which tells you all he you does, need to yeah, know. Obviously. But apparently when he picked up uh, a Player of the Year award, he did an impression of Stephen Gerrard. So I'll make Darren Farley maybe looking over his shoulder. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, James Walprouse, fine impressionist as well as a set-piece taker. So's Ralph Hasenhuter. Is he, he good? He does a brilliant Jürgen Klinsmann. <laughs> well, I suppose <laughs> he mainly does, the, mainly does <laughs> German compatriot. Or, yeah, that, that yeah, sort of thing. That's yeah, true, really. Yeah, You'd see Dominic Solanke doing well for Bournemouth. I've I really rated him when hmm. he was at Chelsea. His career went a bit wrong through Liverpool and Bournemouth in the Premier League, but he's really come back. And there's something about him, you know, so I think that's uh, that's good for Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good for English football. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And you're just telling me that Mike Dean is—it's official, isn't it? He's going to requit so, at the end yeah. of the season. And I know, I know he, you know, uh, people have different opinions. If you've been sawn off by Mike in a game, you'll have a certain opinion. Others won't. But he's a very experienced guy. You hope he's not completely lost to uh, the game. Yeah. To the game, because um, you know, too often, really good, experienced people end up just disappearing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, generally, when he referees, he lets it flow. You yeah. know, so obviously, all refs are going to saw you off at some point you know, if they referee as long as Mike has yeah. but I think he's done a pretty decent job well, there's enough good refs coming through at the moment which it, it does appear that maybe there are possibly not no <laughs> okay well we'll see but there we are I'm, I'm sure there'll be more on that uh, throughout the course of the day I'm sure the guys on drive uh, Andy Goldstein Andy Townsend will be uh, touching on that as well but before all of that, <clears throat> we've often yeah. you often see stories uh, uh, around teams that are struggling at the moment, and uh, it's a, a team called St Martins we read about at the weekend. They play in the Northwest Counties uh, League First Division South, um, and they are struggling. I think it's fair to say they've conceded two hundred and nineteen goals, and have earned just two points. They've had a couple of eighteen nil defeats, uh, one of which uh, happened. Uh, when our next guest was in charge of his first game as uh, manager. No new manager uplift, That's but hard. maybe that wasn't expected. And we've always found, to a story, that there's always there's extenuating, extenuating this, circumstances yeah. and we're not expecting anything different now as we speak to the new gaffer of uh, St Martin's F FC. That's uh, Liam uh, Braisdale. Good afternoon, Liam. Uh, good afternoon, Jancy. OK? Yeah, we're yeah. good. 
So, I mean, yeah, again, there's, there's always a background story, a reason why a side like yours is struggling in this league. So can you put your finger on it? Um, it's, it's been a ridiculous season, really. I mean, I'm the fifth manager this season, I think. Um, we've, we've gone through something like 90-odd players under four managers before me. And, you know, the manager, Darren Wildman, decided to walk out for, for whatever reason a couple of weeks ago and I took 12 players uh, with him, basically. So wow. we were left scratching to field a team for both the first team and the reserves for, for that weekend. 12 players? <clears throat> Blimey. Yeah. You still got, I mean, 940 people turned up to watch the game, which is pretty impressive, really. It is, but uh, it wasn't very enjoyable for us. I can tell you that now. Yeah. No, of course not. I mean, oh, I mean, are the team in the wrong league? Should they be, you know, in a different league? How's this happened? It's just been a, an accumulation of things over the last couple of years. Obviously, financially, the, the club has struggled with uh, the, the pandemic, with COVID, and, and obviously, we, we hire the stadium at um, the new Saints that play in Oswald Street um, so that just money's been a bit sparse I, I don't quote me on it but I think we're the only team in the league that doesn't pay any sort of money to its players as well so it's also you know very difficult to attract players to the to the level that we're at right and so you've had a couple of 18s um, I mean it, what's been the best result of the season yeah <laughs> um, I have no idea, but I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been nineteen nil, couldn't it? So I think we should just sit and laugh. About <laughs> well, that's it the kind of positive time. management the boys are going to wear. That's very true. Yeah, well, they were twelve nil down at half time. So second half, you have to say they they won. Yeah, they did. They they, they, they didn't win the bad. second. No, half, they didn't but... win the second half, <laughs> no. but they didn't. It wasn't quite as bad. I mean, it must be hard to motivate the guys. You said if twelve have gone and you're just about putting out a team, it must be very difficult to mo motivate the guys at the moment. It is, it is difficult, but, you know, we've got a very, very good group of young players in the reserves that have stepped up. And, you know, we went to Isle of Man on Saturday um, in front of 1,400 there and we kept them up 1-0 for 44 minutes. So, you know, when you've gone from losing 18-0, we, obviously we still got battered 9-0 by the end. But, you know, the first half performance on Saturday was very, very encouraging for, for those that watched it. And it was a really good experience for, for these young players. A lot of them have been in um, youth football for... Um, for most of their most of their younger careers, like so, they've stepped up and done really well, um, and they're just enjoying the experience around it all. I think. Presumably, the team is going to be relegated. I mean, what about the league that you're going to drop into? Is that will that be a little bit easier? I hope so. Yeah, um, a bit more I competitive. Yeah, uh, I think it's just a case of the club decide what's what. I think a lot of it is down to ground grading and, and which teams step up to step six because there's no official relegation unless there's clubs that can replace them that have got grounds capable of it. So I think we just sort of leave that to the committee of the club really and they'll decide what the next steps are. And when's the, when's the next game coming up? We've got Barnton at home on Saturday. That's a three o'clock kickoff. And how are they getting on at the moment? What's the expectation there? Where are they in the league? I, th I think they they might be around fifteenth or sixteenth. I think okay. it's just a case of if we can just show the same heart and desire that we put on in the first half on Saturday, then then we could hopefully give them a good game. But you know we're not expecting any points or anything like that this season. It's just a case of putting a team out that represent the local area very well. And um, that's not a dig at any of the players that were here before, but I think the togetherness that we've showed in the last 
sort of week with the reserves coming in and training with us as well. I think it's it's the most together the club's been this season, really, bizarrely as well. Yeah. It'd be great if Cristiano wasn't being used by United. So yeah, I mean, it, turn it, out. a couple of ringers might be quite <laughs> useful. I mean, are, you looking, are you still looking for new recruits if you lost 12 players? Um, I think we're just sticking with what we've got, really. I mean, Cristiano, I don't think we're getting ahead of uh, Rob Weir at the moment. So um, <laughs> he's just, uh, um, it's just a case of we're just trying to get through to the end of the season, really, and just see where we're up to. Yeah, you don't want one of those, un- I mean, there's not much you can do about it, but, you know, you don't want one of those unenviable records. I mean, have, have, have you set unwanted records so far or haven't you been worried about looking at that? <clears throat> Um, I've I've not really looked at it. You know, I've been I was a reserve manager and, and my lot have done very, very well in their league and I've just asked to come up and just take the team to the end of the season really and we try and set little targets in games to make sure that the players are, are staying as competitive as possible and they've always got a smile on their face. You know, they had a good night after the game on Saturday night and it's just the group's together still. We're still completing fixtures. I think a lot of clubs really could have probably pulled the plug a long time ago with mm. the record that we have, so... It's a credit to everybody, really. Yeah, and the, and so Martins, you're in you're in Shropshire, is that right? Is it quite a you you've got it's quite a small catchment area for to draw players from? It, it is, it is. It's just it's a tiny village, literally just um, just past Wrexham, really right. heading towards Oswestry. Street. Um, the catchment area is very difficult because there are a lot of football teams in the area as well. Um, good teams of a good level. Nice and kit. Another... It is a lovely kit. We do like your kit. I mean, I imagine if you were starting <laughs> to sell kit online, you do it's a kind of Yes, a black sort of checkered uh, on a yellow background, a bit Watford. Imagine if Watford went for a slightly racier kit. That was that's what it's got. That look. It is a nice. It's a nice kit. Uh, it, it is. You know, the, the club's 125 years old this year, mm. and it's always been that way. And we just want to make sure that sort of everybody keeps smiling and motivated. We've got committee members, I think, older than the football club, so um, they their hearts I don't think will take it much longer the way we're going so yeah. but the kit's amazing um, we've got a new centenary kit coming out as well this year so that's all positive news not far from Wrexham you want to get on to mm. uh, Ryan and Rob <laughs> see if they're looking for a little satellite club that would be that would be good wouldn't it yeah I'll have to I'll have to uh, send a text to a couple of my friends from, yeah. from Wrexham way as well so um, yeah I'll see if they've got a player knocking round well look good luck Liam hope the results pick up a little bit and uh, thanks for joining us you're very welcome, gents. Thanks for having me. There we are. Liam Braysdale there, the manager of St Martin's <clears> FC, <throat> and I'm just looking at the fixtures. Yeah, good of him to front up, because often yeah. people don't when it's going so tough. badly. So, they, Isle of Man away, 9-0 defeat. West Didsbury and Chorlton, 18-0. Sandbach United, um, 8-0 away. Uh, they lost uh, Abbey Hay, 6-1, the score against them. Yeah, it's quite close. Withenshaw, they lost 9-0. Ellesmere Rangers, 5-0. Not easy. Difficult. That's your last six games, as Alan would say. <laughs> and Barnton next. Of I look course. forward to playing them next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you still go, Andy? If you said, "Oh, yeah, we got some oh, Martins, yeah, Martins next, some Martins there, yeah. away," Andy, wow, you'll marvelous. be there. Yeah, why not? Fantastic. Yeah. Tremendous. So at the games, Mason Mount puts in the twelfth goal. Be cheering, punching <laughs> the air. Think he might there. move on. I think you're fine. Well, you know, so many of these boys, they love the club. You're going to be kissing the badge. You've got to go and play in the Northwest Counties. They wouldn't play in that league, obviously. Actually, they're the ones that are more likely to stay rather than say yeah. Ziek. Yeah. <laughs> like you're that. trying to suggest he's just passing through. Well, I don't. Know. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're probably true. That's probably right. But anyway, it's not going to come to that. I really, I, I think your fears. <clears throat> Your, your your fears won't be realised. Well, I hope so. But, uh, I hope so. We shall say. Were you telling me that they are trying to look into now, find a way of 
selling the tickets for that cup for the semi final and the Real Madrid game. Yeah, they've made some sort of suggestion. So we'll see what happens, how it's taken up. Okay, yeah, because it, you know, will be very weird. There's money to be created for charitable purposes here. There's no point not doing it. This just makes absolutely no sense. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Myself and Charlie Baker will be here from one. Um, Andy will be back on Wednesday. Do hope you can join us. If not, podcasts will be available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 